Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We're doing a series entitled The Wonderful Life. Everybody say wonderful. And um, I just want to read the definition of wonder real quick. Uh, a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. If you weren't here on Sunday for Pastor Jurgen's message, it was incredible. Podcasted, it was amazing. One of the, his best ever, I believe. But um, I, I want to um, read the definition for the word wonder real quick. And it reads like this. A feeling of surprise mingled with admiration. A feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar or inexplicable. A feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. And I don't know if you were here Sunday, but G uh, Pastor Jurgen talked about how the first word that was used to describe Jesus in Isaiah was wonderful. This is what Jesus brings to our lives. I don't know about you, but when I came to Jesus, he turned my life into a life full of wonder. And, and, and not, not only that, but as Christians, we are called to bring wonder to other people's lives. Listen to the scripture in John chapter 14, verse 12. It's so powerful because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. The same powerful, miraculous spirit lives on the inside of us. So we have that power and authority and grace to bring wonder to people's lives. Listen to the scripture. Most assuredly, this is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Greater works than these you will do. Somebody say wonder. So the title of my message tonight is The Wedding, The Wonder, The Water, and The Wine. The Wedding, The Wonder, The Water, and The Wine. If you're believing to get, you know, to get married tonight, come on, this message is for you. Starts with the wedding. Come on, somebody. The wedding, the wonder, the water, and the wine. I want to read out of John chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 12. On the third day, this is Jesus' first miracle, by the way. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. You're talking about 120 gallons of wine. That's crazy. Talk about a poverty mentality. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. 
when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for tonight. Holy Spirit, I invite your presence right now. Lead us, lead me as I preach and deliver your word and give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Open up our hearts, give us hunger and expectation. And I do pray that tonight you would turn our water into wine. We come with our water, Jesus, our ordinary, and may you change it and turn it into something extraordinary. We invite your presence, Holy Spirit, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven tonight. Let tonight not be just another night, but let tonight be full of revelation. Let tonight be full of the power of God and full of the, the spirit of God where, where we get healed and we get unlocked on the inside of us and something really shifts and changes tonight in Jesus' name. And I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, God, would receive exactly what they're expecting tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So the wedding, the wonder, the water, and the wine, if we look at the passage, is the first miracle of Jesus. And I love how the passage begins. On the third day, there was a wedding. There's something about the third day. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, hey, it's, there's something about the third day. There's something about the third day. This is what the third day represents. Resurrection, death to life, darkness to light, hope restored. It represents the rising of a new day. It represents break, breakthrough. Because Jesus died on Friday, all day Friday, all day Saturday. And then the third day came. There's something about the third day. But there's something that happens in between though, in between Friday and Sunday. And, and oftentimes it's not just three days, but sometimes, the, you know, how many of you know that the Bible says that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years to the Lord are like a day. Sometimes things take time. And it's our maturity that, that is revealed in the delay from Friday to Sunday. It's, but, but you got to know that God's specialty, it's the third day. It's his bread and butter. It's the third day. And sometimes because of our, 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 our discouragement or because of, of, of our hope that's been deferred, that we, we're not seeing the answers to our prayers, we forget that there's a, a third day. But I'm here to remind you tonight that his specialty and his power and his, his everything, he's all about the third day. Whatever circumstance you're going through, it's there, you can rest assured that Sunday morning is coming. Everywhere you see in the Bible, there's the third day. The third day. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It's, I know Sunday's coming. I, I just know it. I, I can feel it. I can sense it. And if you tap into God, you, he'll remind you. That's the essence of our faith. Listen to the scripture of what happens sometimes in, in the delay. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. 
Everybody said amen. amen. Nobody's excited about that scripture. <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Amen, brother. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's something that happens on the first day and the second day. Where are you at in life, though? Where, 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 where are you in life in your relationships and your marriage? How's marriage? Are you living your best life in your marriage? Oh, brother, I'm kind of like on Friday night, you know. It just, <laughs> Sunday seems really far ahead. Is it Saturday? Or are you living, living on the harvest of Sunday morning? How are you doing on your finances, your career? Are, are the doors that you were expecting to be open, open? Or are they shut still and, and God has you knocking? But how many of us quit before Sunday morning because we get tired on Saturday? How are you in your relationships, your friendships? Do you seem to be running around the same mountain over and over and over again? There's no time to quit. I'm here to remind you again that is the third day is the essence of our faith. You know, my wife and I love um, eating. Hope you can't tell. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you go to the restaurant and you're like, hey, what's your specialty? Oh, well, we were in Park City for the Pathfinder Conference. Any Pathfinders in the house? For the Park, Park Pathfinders Conference and we're at the distillery and we're like, oh, can I have an old-fashioned? And they're like, yeah, what kind of, you know, is it whiskey or bourbon? I don't even know, but I love them. Bourbon, whiskey, I don't know. Bourbon is whiskey. There you go. You know, my level of expertise when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> and, and, you know, what kind of whiskey would you like? I'm, I don't know. What's your specialty? Oh, the one from here, from the house, the high west. Okay, give me that. Everything has a specialty. God has a specialty. I know in my business, my specialty is customer service, and I've trained my team. It, it, we've got to give the best customer service. No one in the industry can beat us at customer service. They may have a bigger business, a bigger warehouse, a bigger office, a bigger everything, a bigger clientele, but I'm telling you, when it comes to customer service, we're going to be number one. I don't care what happens. We're gonna, that's our specialty. God's specialty is the third day, resurrection power. I love that song, A Rattle. Just ask the stone, what is it that was moved, that was rolled at the tomb in the garden? What happens when God says to move? What, what happens? Listen, some of us feel like our situation is just like, like it's, it's Saturday night and, and nothing is changing and everything seems as good as dead in a certain situation in your life. But listen, Sunday morning is coming. Do not quit. Do not give up. How bad do you want it? How bad do you believe that God can show up in your life and move? There's something about the third day. Something about the third day. What happens is discouragement can kick in when we're waiting 
forgot to answer our prayers. And, 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 and discouragement has a way to drive you, to either drive you towards God or drive you towards yourself or towards men or towards the ways of the world. But wherever you find yourself, if you're fighting discouragement, I want to encourage you. Let, let be, be one of those people that, are, that, that run towards God. Run towards God. Amen? So, so the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. They were invited to the wedding. That's one of the most powerful principles that we can live by. Jesus was invited to the wedding. Some of us, you know, were, maybe were Christians before we got married and we had the privilege of inviting Jesus to our wedding. But some of us maybe weren't. But have you invited, have we invited Jesus into our marriage? Have we invited Jesus into our families? Have we invited Jesus into our finances? Have we invited Jesus into our finances? Oh, of course I have. Well, why do you get so upset when we come and talk about tithing and, and giving and vision builders? Oh, they just talk about money. Then you haven't invited Jesus into your finances. And, and there's something on the inside of you that rages against, against the, the, the talking about money in the kingdom because, because of, of, of maybe your past or things you've experienced before. But, but I'm here to tell you that God wants to unlock you from that. And, have you, and, and give you an opportunity to invite him into your finances. Have you invited Jesus into your career? Have we invited Jesus into our jobs and our relationships and our friendships? One of the most powerful principles, inviting Jesus into everything that we do. I remember a few years ago, I was talking to a, to a friend. And he goes, well, Marco, how do you have, you know, what are your priorities in life? Give me the list. And I don't know if you've ever done that exercise that you write, you know, number one, number two, three, four, five, and who should be at the top? God. And then, you know, family, and then, you know, business or work. And then, because how many of you know that if you can't provide for your own family, you're worse than an unbeliever? You got to give yourself to working and providing for your family. And then, you know, church and ministry, and I'm like, you know, piping off like, ah, oh, this, is, this is my list. You're like, okay, great. You're wrong. Like, what do you mean I'm wrong? He's like, it's not really like a list. It's more like a, like a circle, he goes. And Jesus is at the center. And you invite Jesus into every area of your life and everything that you do, let it be an awareness of, of everything. If you go into the business world, if you go into making a deal, I love Oscar Barba. He goes, when I sit with my clients, Oscar Barba's the best salesman I know in the world. I've seen him at work. He's incredible. Don't ever sit down in front of him negotiating with him because he'll convince you before you even know it. He always gets his way. Is that right, Stacy? here? No? He always gets, he always wins. And everything he does, he wins. God gave him a gift. But he goes, I go into my clients and, and, and I sit down and I just picture the presence of God with me. And I picture Jesus right there sitting with me as I negotiate with my customers and I offer my services. Is there a better way to invite, bring, invite Jesus into you? What you do than, than picturing and imagining and seeing Jesus, spirit of Jesus with you? Inviting Jesus into your marriage, through relationship. Let me tell you, well, what does that look like, Marco, talking about inviting Jesus into 
your marriage because we've been really, um, this is one of the, one of the I'm, I'm gonna give you the worst advice I've ever heard when it comes to marriage. <laughs> but let me ask you this, is there anyone in here believing, come on, for a spouse? Just be bold if that's you, just believe, okay. I love it, come on, come on, Enrique. Look at him, he's standing, let's go. So one of the worst advice I've ever been given when it comes to marriage. Ready? And this guy, he was so proud to give me this advice. And I was so naive. You know, I look up, looked up to him and I'm like, yeah, give me the advice. I'm, I want to have a good marriage. And he goes, okay. Two words. I said, okay. He said, yes, dear. Have you ever heard that advice before? As a husband? And maybe you've given it, and listen, no condemnation. I just think it's the worst advice in the history of the world. I've come to renew your mind in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you why. That, that picture of yes, dear, comes from a Hollywood picture of men today. The Hollywood picture, listen, Hollywood wants to, to indoctrinate our brains and to, and to really renew our mind the bad way. That picture of yes, dear, is a picture of a man that has no can we just get real tonight? No huevos. Come on. No wee-wees. The pastor said wee-wees. If I knew French or Japanese, I'd say it in all these other languages, but I don't know it. Listen, we've all seen it. Is the, the husband that sits on the couch, drinking beer all day, no vision, no assignment, no purpose. And all he does is he says, yes, dear. Because he's afraid of his wife. Because in Hollywood, the wife is the leader, is the matriarch, is feminist, the world, the future is female. We are, we're not called to live that kind of husbandry. Kingdom husbandry, the man... And the woman are equal, but, but the man is the leader of the house, provides headship to the house. As men, we're called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. A peacekeeper is one who says yes, dear, to everything. I don't want any conflict. I don't want any issues. I don't want to make my wife mad. Listen, I might, I might be triggering you right now, but I'm just trying to speak truth and love. Is that okay? A yes dear mentality doesn't want any conflict when conflict actually brings creativity, resolution, and growth. Conflict is iron sharpens iron. It's really good for your marriage, knowing and learning how to handle conflict. So I want to release you and deliver you from a yes dear kind of spirit and mentality that does not come from God. A peacemaking mentality is one that sees an issue, and as a man, you speak into it with truth and love. Let me give you an example. One of my friends, really good friends, got married a few years ago. And um, 2020 happened, and, and you really got to see a lot of things, you know, in people's hearts when 2020 happened. You saw that I was afraid. I've shared the story before. And then my good pastor, Mike, he called me out and I responded as a wise man of God that I am. I said, yes, sir. So I just, you know, I stepped out of fear. But some of us really got to see what was in us in 2020. So my friend, my friend married this beautiful girl and this beautiful girl just really came to the surface that she was so full of fear, afraid of everything. I mean, it just, it just exponentially grew. Like we saw it everywhere. So for now, it's been three years and they're still locked inside their home. They haven't seen anybody. 
had a baby and the whole thing. So my wife and I, as good friends, talked to, to this guy, and we're like, dude, what, what, what are you doing? Like, this is not good for you. Like, this is just the similar talk we had about fear. I'm like, come on, this is not good for you. Like, this is, you got to listen. They're trying to indoctrinate him and brainwash you. And he goes, I'm just supporting my wife. That kind of supporting your wife is a really bad supporting of your wife. Is not being a leader, is not speaking the truth in love, is not calling things out. And wives, can I speak into you a little bit? Do you give me permission? Let your husband lead. Let your husband lead. You don't always have to have the last word. You don't always have to be on top and acting like you have it all together. Listen, I, 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 I know I'm stepping into some. But listen, as a good friend and good pastor, I got to tell you the truth. There's got to be room enough to let them parent. Let them discipline your children. Don't, you, you, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm the, you know, he's, he's the, uh, I'm just going to be the good guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over. Or don't, oh, the opposite. No, together, discipline your children. Come on, let them lead. Amen? Is that okay? We're called as men to be peacemakers. It's my responsibility to lead my family. To speak the truth with love even if it means conflict. There's been many times, listen, my wife gets it right about, you know, 50-50. <laughs> I'm just kidding, 99%. But there's times that I, I, I see something and I just, I have to call it out. But what really works for me is when I just pause and I don't do this all the time, but I pause and say, hey babe, do you give me permission to speak into your life? And then she pauses, she says, yes. And then I just bring the truth and love because my heart is to restore. It's not just to calm down. Oh, you're so wrong. Da, 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 da. No, it's because I see something that needs, needs to, sh to, to bring the light of the kingdom of God into this situation, this area of our heart. As men, we're called to pastor our wives. And, and it's, it doesn't mean that, oh, everything I say goes, you know. No, I married a lioness and she's feisty and she's strong. And I love that about her. But listen, we, we make decisions together and we decide together. And it's, it's just... It's just a kingdom kind of marriage. Is that okay? Yeah. Amen. So what does it look like to invite Jesus into your life, into your parenting? What it means to love them, love your children, honor them, spend time with them, discipline them, raise them up in the house of God, teach them principles of the kingdom, such as honor, forgiveness, and courage. What does it look like to invite Jesus into your career? Be faithful. Multiply what's in your hands. Multiply what's in your hands. Well, I don't have the dream job, pastor. I hate my job. It, it might just be a good test for you to multiply what's in your hands. Give it your very best. Have a winning mentality. Be the best in your department or industry. Be the best that you can be. Give it your best. Amen? What does it look like to invite Jesus into your business? Have the best customer service. Take steps of faith. Honor your staff. Honor your clients. Honor God with your tithes and your offerings. Believe for the best. Believe big. Amen? And what does it look like to invite Jesus into your ministry? Give it your best. Serve the house with passion. Build a kingdom. Learn to forgive others. If someone offends you, give them the benefit of the doubt. Assume the best in people. Amen? Okay, let's keep reading. 
I had five points. We're only going to cover three. All right, here we go. The third point. So now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And they, when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. My third point is they have no wine. They have no wine. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you got no wine? And, and wine is wine, but we're talking about different areas of our lives. Sometimes it's finances. Hey, and, and it's good for us to understand that we serve Jehovah Jireh, our provider. But, but when you find yourself in a state of lack, and it's not just provision, it's not just finances, it could be lack in your marriage, it could be lack in friendships, it could be lack in, in, in a specific area of your life, maybe lack in, in your dreams or disappointment. But, but the state of lack really reveals what's on the inside of you. And when it's revealed, it can help you to redirect it towards the right way. One of my best friends and mentors, Rudy Batis, Pastor Rudy, give it up for Pastor Rudy. I've learned so much from him and we've all learned so much from him. He just, he was going through a challenging season in, your bus, in his business. And I remember we were talking and we were just going through what he was going through. And, and he says, but, pero estoy agarrado los tobillos de Jesús. I'll translate. I'll try it again, see if you understand. Estoy agarrado de los tobillos de Jesús. I'm just hanging on to Jesus' ankles. And that picture of hanging on to the, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. He was giving me a picture that that's where he is right now. He's run, he ran towards Jesus. And he's just hanging on to his ankles, really. I said, okay, I'll grab the other one. But what do you do when you find yourself in a state of lack? They have no wine, Mary said. And she, she, I mean, obviously the mother of Jesus, and I think, I think subconsciously she, she tapped into something very powerful here. She tapped into the fact that when we're lacking provision, you can run to the King of Kings. He is the source of life and the source of everything. He's the God that calls those things that are not as though they were. He spoke the world into existence with His Word. He is the Almighty, the All-Powerful. Everything that is in this world and life was created by God. And therefore, we can go to Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider, when we find ourselves in lack. I remember when we were going through poverty, a, a really difficult season financially in my, my house, 2010, I remember really crying out to God and looking up to heaven and saying, God, why am I so poor? Why are you not moving in my life? I'm your servant. I'm doing the, I'm tithing. I'm doing all these things. Lord, I was getting real with God. Sometimes you just have to get real with God. It may not be about money, but God, where is that promise you've given me? Where is my spouse? Where is my wife? Where is my husband? God, where are my friends? God, where, why am I going through this? Why do I seem to keep uh, harboring unforgiveness? Why is this state in my heart? Why am I going through this difficulty? God, is there anybody in here who's willing to get real with God? And you'll find that He'll move. Listen to this. Mary tapped into a powerful principle in the Bible. Jesus said, my hour has not yet come. And it's almost like Mary didn't hear what Jesus said. 
When was the last time that you allowed your faith, come on, to almost ignore the circumstances that you see when you open your eyes and you pray and you pray and nothing is changing. But like Mary, you, you still say, do whatever he says, just do. Because she knew what Jesus could do. But some of us, when we come to Jesus and we don't see anything changing, when we open our eyes, we quit. Imagine if Mary would have quit there. My hour has not yet come. Okay, it's not his time. Is there anyone in here who's willing to let their faith, come on, from the inside, with everything that is within you, move the heart of God in such a way that Jesus would be like, I, I see it. I get it. It's almost like Mary changed Jesus' mind. He was not planning on doing anything. But the level of faith that Mary had, her determination, come on, her, her, her vision and her faith and her belief that God could do this. When was the last time that you ran to God and believed that He could change everything that you're believing for? When was the last time you got so real with God, you said, God, why am I going through this? I sense in my heart I, I, that there's some people here that are dealing with a lot of discouragement tonight. And maybe you needed to hear this message. Watch uh, the centurion. He runs to Jesus and he's like, hey, my, my servant is sick. Just say the word, he'll be healed. And Jesus was on his way to, to the house of a, a, another official to heal Jairus' daughter. Jesus was not planning on doing this. But the centurion says, will you heal my servant? Just say the word, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. For I say to this one, go, and he goes, to this one, come, and he comes. Just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. How did Jesus respond? He said, wow, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. It's almost like, like, like his attitude, the attitude of his heart, grabbed his attention and changed his mind. It's like, I was going here, but I see, I see his heart. I see his understanding of, of authority. I see his understanding of the kingdom. So your servant will be made well. When was the last time that the attitude of our heart grabbed Jesus' attention? When was the last time that the, the, the disposition of our heart and our posture? If I can just make a parenthesis here. We need a better understanding of authority. It was the centurion's understanding of authority and honor that unlocked them. And because we live in a Western world that is full of independence, listen, I, our country's amazing. But the reality is that the kingdom of God is the kingdom of authority and honor. Show me a man, no honor towards authority, towards pastors, towards leaders, and I'll show you a man with no authority. He said, for I also am a man under authority. I remember walking out of here one day and, and Pastor Jurgen, I was talking about his, we were talking about his message and he says, Marco, how does one get authority? I said, I got an answer right for the pastor. Hold on, pastor. I said, uh, Jesus gives it to you? And he said, what did the centurion say? 
for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, come, and he comes. That's how he had authority. You can't escape the principle of authority. That's why Pastor Mike and Katie, they're the generals in our campus. And when they give direction and vision, I know that if I want authority, I don't do it just for that. I love you guys, but I know that if I want to be a man with authority, I come into alignment with the kingdom. I might be preaching a little too much for you, but some of you might be willing to receive it. You want more authority in your life? You want more more of that power in your life? Why don't we all stand? The water was made wine. Bottom line is we got to bring our water into Jesus, our ordinary to Jesus. And I sensed in my heart there were some of us that were carrying some water and you need him to touch it and to turn it into wine. If that's you tonight, I want you to come to the front. If you're hungry for Jesus to turn your water into wine, I just want you to come to the front and I want to pray for you. If you're here tonight and you need a miracle in your life, you need Jesus to touch a specific area in your life. I really believe that as we pray, something powerful and significant is going to happen tonight. And we're going to have the, the worship team just lead us into this, this song real quick. And I want, I want you and your own heart to just cry out to God. Picture. Come on, see what God is speaking, what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in that specific area. And I want you to worship Him. And I want you to see God touching you and answering His prayers. So let's just, let's just go back to the song. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.